back, everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. I'm your host, Dr. Pat Basile. If you want to find out more about us, check us out on our website, www.thedrpatshow.com, T-H-E-D-R-Patshow.com. And we're thrilled to have launched our new green website, which is drpatsgreenchallenge.com. You're going to hear lots more about that and some of the changes we're making to our current website because you've asked for it. I am joined today by Dr. Val Webb. She's joining me here, born and educated in Brisbane, Australia. Her professional career spans microbiology, business, public relations, writing, art, and theology. She's joining us here today to chime in on a conversation that has really hit the not only the pop culture, pop culture, but it's hit the airwaves in many, many countries. And the conversation has to do with religion and politics. And it's, it's one of those conversations that I love to have and I rarely get to have on the radio. But I am being joined by someone that knows a ton about it. The questions are, are we voting for politicians or are we voting for their beliefs? And so uh, Dr. Val is joining me here today to talk about whether or not this is something new for the 21st century, or as Benny would say, is this old school? Uh, thank you so <laughs> wait, much. wait a minute. <laughs> uh, thank you, Dr. Webb, for joining us here today. I mean, certainly there has been a ton of attention around religion and politics. And I mean, even in this country, there is a conversation on whether or not you can use the term Christmas in schools and so forth. You know, is this something that's new and is just burgeoning? now, or is this something that has come from our past? Uh, I think I think we've got a, a variety of things here. It, it has gone come and gone. I think over over the centuries, really, um, certainly in the early in the early centuries, religion and politics were one uh, in the in a lot of the Western countries. But um, uh, what's so interesting, I think, about the American situation, and I did live there for thirty years, so I've seen a few elections. Um, what's interesting is that, that America made a specific move to separate uh, church and state. I mean, what's so interesting is, you know, Article 6 of the Constitution says that there should be no religious test required of a qualifi- qualification of any office. And yet in more recent times, particularly in the current administration, this has, has been totally ignored, it would seem, because it's certainly obvious that people are... Um, requiring, or many people are requiring, of their politicians or their president um, to have a to follow a particular religious text um, by asking, wanting to know what their religious beliefs are, whether they're conservative, evangelical, whether they're what what they are. And so, certainly, in a country that tries to separate this or claims to separate this, it's really interesting to see how much this religious test seems to be required by many people. You know, you have certainly had a lot of experience in, in, in really looking at issues like this. Uh, you know, what has been uh, the latest focus? I mean, where does the latest focus on this draw most of the attention? Is it that people are, are, are concerned about the blending of religion and politics? Are they concerned about the politicians themselves? Is it a specific religion? I mean, what do you believe is happening here? Well, I, th- I think a lot of, well, certainly in America, um, you have about 90% of people will, will say on, on forms, you know, that they believe in God. And so God is a, an issue in the country, um, uh, certainly in its history as well. 
And, and I think this is something that has been accelerated. I think it's certainly accelerated when you, we also get a variety and a diversity of religions and, and people wanting to um, have their particular politician think the same way as they do. I think mostly because people want to feel that, that their politician is going to uphold the particular values and beliefs that, that the individual has. Um, the problem with this is it comes down to a question too of who's God? Who's God are you talking about? Whose definition of God? Um, many people claim to say God thinks this, God does that. But when they say the word God, there are so many different interpretations of what that might mean. And I think this is what my particular book, my latest book is about, like Catching Water in a Net. It's looking at the idea that anything we say about the divine is a metaphor. It's a, it's a a language creation out of our context because we haven't seen God. And so everyone is, is describing God in their own time and place. And the fact that we have so many different religions and denominations indicates that that has always been different for different people. It, and really it is. It always has been different for different people. And, and you know, I mean, is this just a sign of the times? Is this Is this something that is here to stay? I mean, what... What is it that we can say about religion and politics? And, and what do you believe is at risk, if anything? I, I, think, it, I think it's a sign of the current time. The particular direction it's taking right now, I think it's a sign of the current time. And it's something fairly unique to America, um, to the United States. Um, certainly it's not the same sort of issue in Australia or in England because, um, for one, they have, do not have this, this um, statement and, and this idea in the Constitution of separating the two. The interesting part in the Constitution is that this was done because it had become a problem, because it had become a problem that um, certainly when the Puritans came out, they wanted the, they didn't want separation of church and state. They wanted to be able to worship in their particular way. And even when, when the Quakers came out, they, they were killed on the Boston Common by the Puritans, the original settlers in the state, because... They, had the, they did not adhere to the same ideas about God. And so when the Constitution was drawn up, it was to avoid this idea that you were going to say there is only one correct image of God and everybody had to obey that because you then had a diversity of people coming to the United States and that was the, the um, multi-faith or multi-religion idea that was coming into the States as, it, as a basis of its life there. But now it seems that we are getting to this back to the idea that, that everybody has to sort of have this particular idea of God. That there's one truth. I think that's probably the issue. The people saying that there's only one truth, and that's my truth. And so if you are determined that there is only one truth, then you are going to look for a politician that has your truth. And conversely, you're going to be, not want a politician that has a truth that might be suspect in your opinion. Well, we've certainly in this in the latest, uh, you know, uh, elections uh, that uh, we've certainly gotten a sense of what's happening with Mitt Romney and and also Mike Huckabee and the back and forth around uh, Christianity and the Mormon Church and so forth uh -huh. and so on. I mean, this is clearly, if nothing else, has shined a light 
on religion in a way that we had not had it before. You know, and then when you step back from that, and I want to say this, when you step back from that and you take a step into pop culture, for example, and all of the press that Tom Cruise is getting, most recently, you know, the, the, the unauthorized biography on Tom Cruise, mm-hmm. where the Church of Scientology is being talked about as, you know, an evil venom of sorts. I mean, mm-hmm. have we gone too far with this? I mean, is this confusing? Are we simply just adding fuel to the fire? of, of what, having, yeah. you know, kind of pit one organization against the other. Yes, and I think this is this is the issue now, and I'm not sure that it's the universal issue in the states. Having said all that, you know, I think I think um, there there are a minority in the United States that are really pushing um, this this idea of, of religion or a certain a certain brand of religion or a certain brand of doctrine being so important. I think there are many many Americans that really are going to vote for the person that they think will do the best by their country. Um, but there is a very volatile and vocal group that are making this such an important issue. I think the interesting part with the Romney-Huckabee issue is that these are probably, well, well certainly Huckabee's the only one claiming to be an evangelical Christian, which is interesting because in the current and previous administration, uh, the current administration in the last eight years, you have had this emphasis on the religious right and a certain brand of theology and, and idea about, ideas about God. But with, with Huckabee is really the only one that's continuing to uphold this idea of I am an evangelical Christian, which in some ways suggests that perhaps the emphasis in the last several years um, is now not appreciated uh, in the way it was promoted at that time. It's interesting that really these are the only two candidates that are pushing their religious affiliation. And having said that, Romney is, is claiming not to do that because he has said often, like um, Kennedy did in, in the 60s, he said, you know, I am not standing as a Mormon, I'm standing as an American citizen, and I happen to be a Mormon. So so you have this, there's all these little nuances about what people are actually saying, and I think a lot of it is um, particularly what, what um, the, the, the press will pick up about these people um, uh, going on about the Scientology and Mormonism. In those situations, we have two religious traditions that have been, um, have had in the past and, and uh, have some mystery about them for the average person. And so people, I think, are a little afraid of what they don't know. Well, that is, that is, I have never really heard it described like that, but we've got lots to talk about. You know, Dr. Val Webb is joining me here today. She has spent over 25 years studying, teaching, and writing about religion, and as the author of her eighth book, Like Catching Water in a Net, she says of ancient religion and divine metaphors, where did they come from and why? Do they still hold water or leak like colanders? We're going we're gonna to chime in on that when we come back from break and get her perspective on it. You're you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show, Talk Radio to Thrive by. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after this short break. If you've got comments or questions for Dr. Webb, give us a shout. 1-800-930-2819. 1-800-930-2819. We'll be right back. Come 
participate in a Divine Awakening transmission with Lori Grant, Kahuna Ho'okahi, where you'll have the opportunity to experience your true divine essence. Stop living the pain of separation and be in the bliss of oneness. Join Lori at her free demonstration on January 28th from 7 to 8.30 p.m. at the SeaTac Airport Red Lion Hotel and attend her Infinite Oneness Enlightenment Seminar on February 29th through March 2nd. Visit onenessnonduality.com or call 808-394-2464. Do you dream of publishing a book? Are you ready to make your writing dreams come true? Join New York Times best-selling author and celebrated life coach Cheryl Richardson for the Writer's Boot Camp Cruise to the Mexican Riviera on April 5th through 12th, 2008. Discover the nuts and bolts information you'll need to write, publish, and market your book, plus inspiration for enjoying the process. Visit ICanDoItAtSea.com today for all the details. Picture yourself standing in the ancient stone circle of Stonehenge or gazing in awe at Egypt's Great Pyramid and Sphinx. Visualize participating in shamanic ceremonies at Machu Picchu or receiving a timely message from the Oracle of Delphi. Rejuvenate your path of personal growth and renew your spirit by traveling to the world's sacred sites with Body, Mind, Spirit Journeys and other like-minded travelers. Visit BodyMindSpiritJourneys.com or call 800 231 9811. Are you one of the millions of frustrated people who can't take off weight or keep it off on a low-fat or low-calorie diet? It's hard, isn't it? Well, don't despair another day. The Sugar-Free Miracle Diet is the answer to your prayers. I'm Karen Bentley, and I lost 130 pounds on this program. I'm also the founder and CEO of the Sugar-Free Miracle Diet Company. Go to SugarFreeMiracle.com, that's SugarFreeMiracle.com, and get started today. Are you tired of those negative thoughts and limiting beliefs? Are you feeling stuck and crusted over? Do you find yourself asking, is this all there is to life? Then it's time to do some crust busting. Move forward and feel the joy life holds for you. You know what crust is. It is all of those thoughts that stop you from living life full out. Dr. Pat Basili will be teaching crust busting at the Center for Spiritual Living in Seattle on Thursday evenings from January 31st through March 13th. Visit spiritualliving.org to register. You'll be introduced to Dr. Pat's approach to street smart spirituality. Visit spiritualliving.org to register or call 206-527-8801 for more information. And be sure to visit thedrpatshow.com for the latest guest schedule. Also, sign up for the weekly newsletter to get advance notice of guests, events, and special offers. Visit thedrpatshow.com and get ready to live life all out. Going against the grain has never been so much fun. Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. I'm thrilled to have Dr. Val Webb joining me here today. You know, the question, are ancient religions relevant today? And, and what is truly going on from her perspective? She has been studying religions for over 25 years and, and has been lecturing and uh, an author of A Like Catching Water in a Net. Uh, you know, I wanted to ask you, Dr. Webb, well, first of all, let's make sure we let folks know where they can get a copy of the book. And then let's talk about the book a little bit. So we can get the book pretty much anywhere on Amazon, correct? Yes, you can get on Amazon.com. Any of the bookstores um, uh, will be able to order it for you. 
and um, it, it's really readily available. Actually, I should say too that it's just won the general religion section of the USA Best Books 2007 awards. Well, congratulations. Congratulations <laughs> on that. Uh, you know, you've been doing this for quite some time. Does it? Do you ever get tired of the conversation? Uh, well, I, th I think the conversation about God is just a continually evolving conversation. Yeah, thank, um, thank, thank God for that. <laughs> I think, and I think this is part of our problem when people want to sort of um, uh, cement the conversation in one particular era or century. Um, quite obviously, uh, our images of God matter because the way we imagine the divine that then goes on to influence the way we live our lives because if some people imagine God as a fierce judge then they will live in terror of doing wrong for the whole of their lives. If God is a lover then you are going to feel comforted in a relationship. If God is energy you're going to see God in every part of the universe and of course there are going to be people who also see the idea of God as not at all and so this is what the book is actually about looking at how images of God have evolved and developed over the centuries. And because anything, anything we say about God is a metaphor, it's, it's a, a language description that we have come up with within a context, within a time, using the language that we understand and the metaphors we understand. And so this is obviously going to change. If you talk about God as the great warrior of the Hebrew um, Bible times, uh, it, it makes it a difficult thing to say today when war is not what we would say is the, is the thing we all hope and dream for. So the images will, will depend on the culture in which they have come. God as a rock and a fortress was certainly a Hebrew image, and yet today a fortress and a rock to shelter does not mean the same as it would have in the Hebrew times in the Palestinian hills. So we do have to evolve our ideas about God um, depending on how we understand humanity. Uh, perhaps that's the, the big issue that, that I talk about in the book, is that it's more about human questions. Human beings ask, why are we here? Where are we going? Is someone pulling our puppet strings? And it's, it's the answers to these questions that become the description of the something more or the divine. And this is really, uh, for me... And I don't know if it's because we're all connected by the Internet, but there are more and more people wanting to explore those questions. And what is my purpose? And do these questions, well, first of all, let me ask you, are these questions, in your opinion, new and part of the times we live in, or are these questions coming to the surface for millions of people because of the nature of the conflict that people see in the world today? Or neither. I think the questions have always been there, right? From the early primal times, people have wondered, what, what, um, is there something bigger than themselves and how do they relate to that something? Certainly in, um, in ancient times, uh, that, that something was described in terms of natural elements like wind and a mighty, mighty force, thunder clouds and so forth. A mysterious element in, in the universe, something that they could not understand because quite obviously... That was their enemy. That was, that was the, not both their enemy, but that was the, the, that were the things that they needed protection against. And so God became something that could protect you against your particular concerns in your time. I think in the 21st century we have very different concerns. 
we've conquered, or we, we, we now understand um, the elements. We have worked out how we can um, protect ourselves from certain things. We are living uh, to 90 and 100, many of us, these days. And so the, some of those issues have changed as to what our, our dangers are. The questions are probably the same, but, the, but our answers have moved on according to what we feel we can manage or not cope with. So God becomes a different, a different thing for us. This doesn't mean that the divine changes necessarily in itself um, because it, it, we cannot, no one has seen the divine. So we are, we are looking at ways to talk about that. And so certainly in the 21st century, one of the concerns is the, the is global unrest, is, is our protection of ourselves, is how do we fit into the universe. And so ideas of God are becoming, are becoming different these days. And, and not only that, but uh, it, it, there's also now this emphasis on spirituality versus religion. I wanted to ask you, Dr. Webb, in your opinion... What is the difference between spirituality and, quote, religion? Is there a difference? Well, I think there is a difference in the way we use the words. Um, religion has always been used um, as, a, as, as a description of one particular set of beliefs or ideas that some people might have. And the problem with that is that I think um, a lot of the older um, religious traditions, uh, when people insist on using the same sorts of language and ideas, has become um, not not true for people. People have questions and doubts, and an earlier book I did was in defense of doubt, arguing that doubt was a good thing in religion, not a bad thing, because it did move us on to new ideas and new expressions. For example, if a religion asked you to believe six impossible things before breakfast in the 21st century, um, then it's not going to hold it's not going to hold the pow power to people unless they are prepared to leave their minds at the door. And I think what's happening with spirituality today is that people are moving beyond these confines of certain uh, rigid ideas, about, um, many of them written and set in either medieval times or certainly um, desert times in many religions. Um, they're moving beyond that and looking at God uh, or the idea of God, the divine as something, something, an energy within the universe, something that touches every part of them something which is in them, around them, uh, to which they can connect. And so spirituality may have a God, may talk about God, may talk about the divine, or it may not. It may be some way in which you and I can make contact or live in harmony with the universe. Um, but, but in either cases, I think it's still the same human being seeking meaning in their lives and finding answers to the questions um, that actually fit with their own understanding. Oh, Dr. Webb, I could go on and on and, and, and talk with you about this forever. As a matter of fact, we will probably bring you back on so we can continue this conversation. You Wonderful. know, one of the chapters in, your, in the book is What is Truth? And I wanted to ask you about that. Uh, there is so much conversation right now on truth and oneness. In closing the show today, I wanted to ask you to give us your personal message. And in that message... Uh, address the issue of oneness. Mm -hmm. I, I think, um, I think in, in, in our current age, we've come to realize that truth is not something we can point to and say, there it is, or this is it, or this is the only one. Truth comes out of what is true for us in our setting and our situation. 
And the question we ask today is, is there, you know, what universal truths are there or are they um, universal search for meanings and answers at one particular time and another? And therefore the excitement of going on and thinking, what fresh things can we learn? Um, I, I, I think I end the book anyway by saying, you know, if you, if you want some definite answer that this is God and this is the only truth and this is the only way to talk about it, then um, we perhaps are going to be disappointed because I think we need to be, it needs to be part of the journey. The questions need to be part of the journey and the answers will probably evolve. Um, I can live with that and the question for other people is, can you live with that too? Because it's only if we're open to new information, new experiences um, and new evolving ideas of um, what the divine might be in the universe for us that we can really grow and move. Wow. Thank you, Dr. Val Webb, for joining us here today. What a great conversation. I want to make sure that everybody uh, knows that the book is available on Amazon and much more. Uh, thank you for joining us here today and uh, for bringing your message to our listeners. Thank you very much for talking with me. All right, everyone. What a fabulous conversation. Benny, thank you for another fabulous uh, couple of hours of radio. My pleasure, my pleasure. And get back soon, quickly, okay? I will. Thank you all for tuning in. I want to thank you for all of your kind words and your support uh, in these uh, times for me and family. So thank you all so much. Until next time, step out into the world, get out of the gate, know that you're loved, and know that you're blessed. We'll see you next time.